everybody. I want to welcome you to this week's edition of the Get Your Geek On podcast. As always, I'm your host, Charles Kiewatz. Robert Dokes. And unfortunately, we are missing our co-host, Anthony Arsenio, today, but we're going to do our best to get along without him. And just wanted to start this week's episode off by making a quick announcement. It is that it, I have been named the new owner of the page Nerd Herder, which had featured our podcast for a while. So we are going to be anchoring the new Nerd Herder lineup that I've set up of great original shows five days a week. So very excited to be taking that over and have that new platform for our fans here. So definitely look forward to that and some great new things coming from that page. Uh, but I want to start things off the way we do here every week with a little bit of breaking news, and that is just before we went on the air, Marvel has announced their first show with Hulu is going to be the cult classic Runaways. Now, this is something that we've been talking about for a while, about whether they were going to ever get it on Netflix or get it into a feature film. I really think Hulu is a great place for it. Uh, Their original content's really been stepping up their game, but it's going to be a way to set themselves apart from Netflix. Runaways was one of my very favorite Marvel series. Mm -hmm. I really liked the concept. I thought it was so fresh and so original. So I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with it. I'm assuming they're going to adapt the original first volume as this series. I don't really see how you could go anywhere else than that volume. I think it's a great way to establish the characters. So. I mean, and for those of you that don't know, Runaways was a, um, did, I think they did like six or seven volumes of yeah. them. Uh, basically, it's a, a group of kids. Some of them have power. Some of them are just crazy smart, things like that. And they find out that their parents are the world's greatest supervillains. Yeah. And they end up having to team up to fight their parents, which is an, an amazing show. It's great to see some of the turns that happen in that series. Very well written uh, for something about teenagers. Most of the yeah. teenage superheroes tend to be kind of weak and things like that. Well, I, I mean, just... there's that moment. There's moments in the series where there's teenage angst, uh, where you can see it between some of the characters. Um, characters, it's kind of like a coming of age, as we, you know, with kids with powers type show. So, um, oh man, going to be one of the most special effects heavy. Marvel things that we've seen so far. Especially for Hulu when you think about yeah. it. I mean, like, they're not, I mean, they have a huge budget, but not for that level of what we normally see. Yeah, I mean, you have time travel aspects, you have, you know, CGI Creed, like the Velociraptor. Yeah. I mean, there's just tons of stuff to go with it, but very excited to see how they're going that. And I'm wondering what this is going to mean as far as Netflix branching out now into more platforms, things like that. Is this going to be a one-off, or do you think they really start working with Hulu? Well, I, I, think, for, I think for what I'm think, thinking as far as this, what Marvel's done with the Netflix series, there's a, certainly a dealt tone in nature. So, you know, we'll also have to talk about the Luke Cage uh, trailer that came out last... I oh, forgot about that. Luke Cage, uh, it came out last week. But I think for what we've heard for some of the other things where they've, they've talked about Cloak and Dagger coming on, and they're looking to put that on um, the revamped... ABC Family Yeah, now Network. there's rumors of White Tiger on it, Netflix. It, it, it never, so you're like, uh, you know, they're trying to see where they're, they're trying to figure out where their market is. And so if Hulu's a place where they can send, you know, the more lighthearted stuff, I don't have a problem with it. Um, as long as they don't mess with the Netflix stuff, I'm good. I, I mean, it's definitely exciting to see them branching out into this platform. Uh, the only thing that sucks is we didn't get any word on release dates or anything like that. So I'm wondering, like, how far down the pipeline they're actually going to have that one. Uh, but definitely interested to see it. I'll for sure be watching. I've really been getting into a lot of the Hulu original content, so I'll yeah. be excited for that one. Uh, moving on a little bit, just want to announce that The Killing Joke, uh, which we loved here and saw, set the Fathom record for the highest-grossing single-fathom event ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it broke Dragon Ball Z's Resurrection of F with uh, almost $4 million off of two nights of shows, which is absolutely insane. Like nice. That's crazy, crazy money. So I'm really hoping that opens up the doors for more of the DC animated movies to get theatrical releases. I mean, it was fun to be there, and there was definitely a good amount of people there. Did you hear about the Cape Crusaders that just recently? Yeah, with um, Adam, so we- the yeah, Cape Adam West. The new animated movie with Burt Ward, Adam West, and Julie Newmar yeah. all returning. That one, I... Th- 
I'll watch it, but it's not one that I'm like, oh, I'm beating down the door for it because I just thought they were too campy. Well, I, I think in an I think in a in an animated form because everybody remembers the Batman '66. I think in an animated form, it's going to be fine and people will appreciate it. Um, I just don't know how I feel about my Robin being an 80 year old man now. <laughs> Jiminy Willikers, Batman. Yeah. My arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely interested to see what they're going to be doing with that. Uh, a couple new trailers did drop last week, so this week's trailer talk. Definitely going to get right into Luke Cage. Now, they dropped their first full trailer after the Comic-Con yeah. teaser that we got, and i got to tell you, I am so looking forward to this show. Yeah, first of all, I love that every episode is being named after a Gangstar song. Yeah. Yes. Or, yeah, it has, like, every, everything. Take, take a per- Oh, Take a personal, um, so many other things that they have going on for this show. It's it, they, the Comic Con was really, really good, and the fact that, that that first trailer they kicked was really good, and the one that they did last week was even better. One of the things I took from it is that it seems like Rosario Dawson's Night Nurse has much more than a small role. Oh, yeah, no, no, it seemed. I like that she's kind of the glue holding the Netflix shows together, but it seems like she really has like a good role in this one. She might even possibly be a romantic interest. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, as I understand it, she has a bigger role than she had in Daredevil. She has a bigger role than she had in Jessica Jones. I mean, like that was Jessica Jones was just more like a well, hey, just like, like, she like, knows, hey. like I mean, like they had a couple of characters that crossed over. From, I consider it like the Stan Lee cameo. Yeah, it's like it's like Jessica here Jones. you go, here's that cameo that kind of draws this universe together. But I think she's going to have more of a more of a a role in this one to start off with, and then we'll see. I mean, because also there's rumors of Iron Fist taking, you know. Well, I know that we'll get an Iron Fist cameo in there somewhere. Yeah. That's been confirmed. Uh, one thing I did like in the trailer that you see, we got that quick shot of the tiara. I don't know if it's a broken piece of the helmet or whatever yeah, they had was, on him, but when he yeah, gets it was out, like that was that was it. that was it. I was like, oh, they have to go. They had to do the throwback. You had there to you get go. it just once. But I'm interested to see if they're going to end up going where like, it ends up with him and Iron Fist being heroes for hire and yeah. see where they're going to go with that. But definitely, definitely excited for this. I think this is probably the most excited I've been for one of the Netflix Marvel yeah. shows. I mean, Daredevil was kind of one where I was like, oh, it's really well written. Jessica Jones was very psychological, but I liked it in this and that. I think Luke this Cage, like it seems like it's got everything. It's got the action. It's got the emotion. It's got a character that I actually like am invested in. Because yeah. I really don't give a damn about Daredevil at the end of the day. And same thing with Jessica Jones. There's way more powerful heroes and stuff like that. Luke Cage, of these four, I think is the one that's really going to draw me in the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, another new show that did drop that was the new Doctor Strange trailer. Yeah. And holy crap. Uh, so they had the Olympics trailer, had some great new footage in it. Um, excited to see what they're going to be doing with this movie, it being the next Marvel movie. I mean, the idea of being introduced to the multiverse is really exciting for me. But everything I hear is just like the, the 3D and the effects in this film are going to be absolutely mm-hmm. insane. Uh, some great new casting news coming out that Benedict Cumberbatch, of course, infirmed, uh, confirmed for Infinity War and possibly even having a cameo in Spider-Man Homecoming. So I'm interested to see if they're going to be kind of overloading Homecoming at this point. I, I think I think this is Spider-Man: Homecoming is going to be that film, and you can probably quote me on this. You can take me to the bank. No, don't take me to the bank. Um, that this is where they're going to start tying some of that TV and the movies together. I think that's the perfect place to do it. Spider-Man is that street-level hero, but he's also a big major player, and so to kind. Of, and I know that they're still trying to work that out, but I think you're going to see some crossover. At least the name. Hopefully, you be, we talk about a Daredevil. We talk about a Jessica Jones. We talk about Luke Cage. But I think this is where they're going to start tying those worlds together. 
Also, just in a minor note with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, they've stated that they are going to be rewriting Ghost Rider's origin for the show. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do that. Ghost Rider was never one that I really cared about, let alone the Robbie is, Reyes version. Yeah, that's so. interesting because it is the Robbie Reyes version. It's well, they're doing like... it to fit in more with their Inhuman storyline and stuff like that. So I don't know. I'm not the world's biggest S.H.I.E.L.D. fan to begin with, so we'll see how they go with that. Um, CW has put out a bunch of slew of news this week, so we're going to jump right into that. Uh, first of all, with Legends of Tomorrow, we got our first look at our new Vixen. I don't mm-hmm. know if you got a chance to look at no, that. No, I did not. So basically, it's the Vixen that we have now. His grandmother. Um, she's got the same powers, everything else like that. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, also announced the casting, though, for Obsidian, Dr. Midnight, and Stargirl, which mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see how they're going to do those. I was those. aware of those, yeah. Um, I really like the idea of Obsidian. I like his powers. I like what he can do, so I'm interested to see how they're going to bring that to the live action screen but uh legends of tomorrow shaping up to be great and the fact that we're going to be having it not as mid-season this year i think it's going to be huge i mean mm-hmm. it only premieres a week after flash mm-hmm. so it'll be really cool to see where they're going with that uh supergirl though has had a lot of the big news since we've been gone and first of all we got our first look at tyler hecklin in the superman suit yeah, was... a lot of hate going on in the internet for it. i don't mind it at all i think it separates itself from the movie version it separates itself from supergirls mm-hmm. and it has a bit of a new 52 jim lee vibe which i really like to it i like the buckles on the cape that's not i mean what were your thoughts on first look at him I in liked, the suit i thought it was fine i don't know why well one of the big things i saw is people complaining that compared to jimmy olsen like he's so short and stuff like that i'm like dude you don't need the six foot six Superman, and if anything, I would buy that he would fit in more than Henry Cavill. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what they're going to do with it. I like Tyler Hecklin, as I said. I've been campaigning for him because I love him in Teen Wolf. Uh, but definitely going to be interested to see what they do. I think he's got a much bigger role in the show than we've been led to believe. At first, we thought it was going to be like two episodes. Yeah, two episodes. It's much larger. It's a much larger role than what people thought it was going to be. And I think it's going to be an arc where they're going to start off, and it's going to dip, and then it's going to catch up at the end of the season. Well, one of the things that we do know is Supergirl is apparently going to be the linchpin of the four-show crossover, and I'm wondering if Superman's going to be involved in that at all. Might be. Might uh, be. One thing that they have stated, though, is that unfortunately DC is not going to allow them to use any of the Bat Family characters. So no Batwoman, no Oracle, no Batman like that. They did not, however, in that list, go off about uh, Thomas Wayne Batman. So we to see if we could still get that for Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Supergirl also has announced that they have cast Mon-El for the season. Uh, uh-huh. Apparently one of the big bads in this season will not only be Maxwell Lord and Monel, but apparently Cyborg Superman. There's strong rumors of that. Well, you know, because the her dad was... Yeah, the, and that's what the, the character term, Dean Kane you know, possibly being. Dean Kane, which would be kind of... It would poetic be almost. Poetic. I would, yeah. I would actually really be behind that. It's something I would really be excited to see. So I kind of really do hope that they go for that. The four-show crossover, though, I mean, this is as close to Justice League as you can get. Yeah. I mean, by the time we stack the cast of these four shows, but they're going to yeah. have for that crossover, I am beyond excited for that. Um, one thing I'm a little bit hesitant about that was announced, many fans have demanded it, now apparently it's going to happen. We're going to get a two-part musical episode from The Flash and Supergirl. So what are your thoughts on that? Okay. I mean, obviously, you've got the Glee alumni with Melissa and Grant. You've got um, Jesse Martin, who was famous for being in Rent. I mean, yeah. you've got Victor Garber from Sweeney Todd. So, I mean, you've got cast and musical chops, but I'm not a fan of musical episodes. I think if, if, if done right and done tastefully, it's fine. Well, rumor has it that they'll be using all pre-existing songs and they'll write one original song for the show. That's fine. So if it's done well, I mean, they had such good chemistry and things like that. I'm assuming that they can pull it off well. Mm -hmm. Uh, The bigger announcement here is, I think, is that the rumors is that they have locked down Joss Whedon to be the director of the musical episode, which makes sense. He did the musical episode of Buffy. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got experience in that field. I think that would be the way to get it. Well, while you can keep it tasteful and still have like the comic book elements of it. DC, DC, 
Get Josh Whedon. <laughs> I mean, and then you go, then you'd be beating Marvel to the punch with something else with your first musical episode. So that's, it, it's very, very tricky with me to see how they're going to do with it. I, I don't think, a, I, I think it works well for The Flash. I don't know how it's going to work well for Supergirl. I, I, I have no problem with those kinds of episodes because I think it does bring levity to the show, especially in those tense moments where it's like, you know, you just came off a tense, tense episode and you just kind of need something to bring you back. Um, and that I'm be fine with it. And they also did confirm our longstanding theory that Flashpoint will indeed bring Supergirl into the Earth One universe. And apparently, no one will have ever thought any differently except Barry. He's the only one that will have memories of her being on another Earth. Mm. So it'll be strange to see how they loop that in and Superman existing in that universe now and things like that. Uh, but one of the great things about Supergirl is that going over to the CW, obviously they get the crossover potential, they get all the new cast members that they can bring in, this and that. But one of the things I think is really great is that you get that full writing team. You get yeah. everybody over at CW that was only partially involved when it was at CBS and things like that. So I think which is the writing is what most people agree suffered a little bit last season. I think you're going to see a lot more just depth and emotion going into these characters because Kreisberg and Berlanti know what they're doing over yeah. there. So really, really excited for that. Uh, moving over to our favorite show on the CW, and that is Flash. We got some huge news coming from that side of it, and that is, first of all, that fan favorite Mirror Master has finally been cast. We're three seasons in, we're finding him. They got to put him in a suit, though. There's no way you can just have him not in a suit. He's too iconic. Obviously, I could see it being some CW dub version of it, but yeah, I, I got to see something. It's got to be Scottish. Got to be Scottish. That, that's just like non-negotiable to me. Uh, but one of the big reveals is that the speedster villain this season would be Savitar, which is kind of a deep pole speedster. It's not exactly like one of your top four or five that comes to mind. Uh, for these of you, he was a Air Force pilot that got struck by Speed Force Lightning, uh, took the name Savitar after the Hindu god of motion, and basically spent his life studying the Speed Force uh, to the point where he's got some pretty cool abilities, uh, such as being able to give others speed, being able to take speed away from speedsters, um, being able to manipulate the Speed Force into actual like weaponized attacks. Ooh, that makes me wonder about Wally West's that's character. It, and, uh, that's where I was going to go in. I think that Wally West sacrifices his speed to save Barry at some point in the season. Mm. I see something like Savitar going going after him to drain speed, and then Wally just speeds in and takes the brunt of the or, attack or something. Or another thing where Sabotar gives Wally his speed. Or Jesse. Or Jesse their speed. And, you know, the whole point is now you have all these speedsters as well. I, I, know what ha you know, I know what happened to Wally. I don't know what happened to Jesse. And it's, well, who is this coming from? And he's using that as a way to, you know, draw the Barry and the crew in. And he, also, I would say that he's probably the black speedster that we've seen in set photos and things yeah. like that. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with him. I mean, I have complete faith in them at this point, so I don't mm. think they're going to go wrong. So it looks like Savitar and Dr. Alchemy will be our two season-wide villains. Also was announced, we are going to Gorilla City. A two-part episode will be, uh, it's going to be, looks like episode 10 or 11 this year, will be Gorilla City. So that is going to be extremely interesting. It lets me know that they've given them a ton more money for their CGI budget because they said that they didn't think they'd ever get Gorilla City because of the CGI that would be involved. Yeah, they're looking at practical effects. Which would be even more amazing. But very, very, I mean, it just seems like they're going all out. This Mirror Master, Gorilla City. Well, it's yeah, like you almost think it's being canceled the way that they're just like. I don't, well, man, somebody might, be on, the, somebody might be on the chopping block. It has to do with rhymes with, you know, Fiend Caro. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the other thing. Like, I just couldn't. Like, Dolph Lundgren was cast on Arrow, and that we just honestly, I don't care enough about that show to even waste time reporting and things in it oh. because it's just, 
it's so ridiculous at this point. I mean, now you're in your fifth season, and it's just, I could not care less about these characters. But Flash, on the other hand, just seems like every announcement is just more and more like, can the season get here already? It just doesn't yeah. seem like there's anything I mean, this season. You don't have to wait too long. It's I mean, like... seriously, think about it. We're doing Flashpoint, Gorilla City, mm-hmm. a four-part crossover, Dr. Alchemy, and Mirror Master. That alone in this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to get the Kevin Smith episode, which was also announced he will be going over to direct an episode of Supergirl as well, which I'm very excited about. And in a little bit of uh, poetic justice, they titled his episode Supergirl Lives, mm-hmm. which the reason why that has justification is that everyone knows he, in the early 90s he wrote the script for the Nicolas Cage Superman movie Superman Lives. Mm-hmm. So they kind of did a little bit of throwback there. Uh, but what are your thoughts on him heading over to Supergirl? I loved his episode I, I of liked, Flash. I love his episodes of The Flash. And so i like to see more of Kevin Smith doing... Uh, it's... I just want to see him do more of this stuff. Because I can see him becoming a recurring director yeah, on the yeah. show because he's got the fan love to it. Like he he brings such a knowledge of the characters to it, and then just he's a great director. You say what you want about his movies, the guy knows how to, and especially dialogue driven storylines yeah. and things like that. He's very very, very good. good at. And that was his his episode was one of the best ones for Flash last year. Absolutely, I think it was one of the best. Period, because he got the Speed Force elements of it. Like there, there was just so much going on in that episode on top of him directing yep. it. So really excited to see where they're going with that. Um, in other news, looks like Sausage Party has set all expectations for rated R movies. Mm-hmm. Set forty million it opened to, and it was only made for fifteen million dollars. So, I mean, the movie is already doing yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it. I don't know if you got to see it yet. Didn't get a chance to see One it. One of the most raunchy, insane movies I've ever seen. Like it went to places that you didn't think could go, and it was absolutely hilarious. A little bit stereotypical with some of the jokes and things like that, but it's definitely worth checking. It's one of those movies that you know on Blu-ray though is going to be even funnier with an unrated version. So definitely looking forward to that one coming out. A uh, little bit more DC news. It was announced that the Aquaman movie has found its villain. Not that anybody was surprised, but Black Manta mm-hmm. confirmed to be the villain. So that's going to be interesting to see how they do with that. I, you have to have him in the helmet. That's all I care yeah. about is that dude has to have it. And it can't be like Deadshot in Suicide Squad where he wears it for like two minutes. Mm-hmm. He's got to have that thing on the whole time. This is Aquaman. That's Black Manta. You just don't mess with that. Uh, so interested to see where they're going to go with that. And it was also confirmed, as we reported in our rumor mill months ago, that Cyborg will be featured in the Flash Gosh. movie. So interested to see where they're going with that. That's kind of been said that him and Flash are the two youngest members of the league, so they mm-hmm. kind of become best friends. So interested to see where they're going to go with that one. Uh, but the biggest rumor, I think, coming out of the DC side of it was that J.J. Abrams is up for the running of directing Man of Steel 2. That's something I could get behind. I think that he could bring some sides to that character that we haven't seen yet. Uh, well, uh, I mean, you, the thing is, you got to go out there with a good storyline. You don't go out there just to get him to have the name. You don't get a yeah. You get they. I mean, like with Jeff Johns now being the you know the quote unquote Kevin Feige of the DC side of the the movies. I want to see. I hope that this works out. Because if you want to do Man of Steel 2, I think they need to do Brainiac. I think they need to do that one and then use that to reestablish Lex Luger as a credible threat. Um, that's just me. I could see I could see doing Brainiac, but I had the thoughts, and I was talking this about one of my coworkers, is I think you could do something with the Bottle City of Candor. I think that because of the fact that you have the ship that's crashed and it's created Doomsday and something like that, I think that there could be something there that creates the Bottle City and then maybe a couple of them get out and that's who he has to deal with, things like that. You can go that route with it. Brainiac is obviously one that I agree with. Uh, so interested to see what they're going to do with that. I'm just happy the fact that that movie's been greenlit. I'm excited to see more of Henry Cavill, which mm-hmm. speaking of which, he teased us on Instagram this week that the long-rumored black Superman suit will be making an appearance in Justice League. Very excited about that. It makes me believe that they're going to be going the full return 
turn of Superman route. There's been rumors that he may be evil for a few minutes of it. I doubt that to be true, but I'm really, really excited to see the black suit. What are your thoughts on that? I'm I'm excited. I want them to do. I want. I seriously want them to do so well with this film. Um, and so my hope is that when it gets down to it, they uh, they do right by the characters and do right by the storyline and. I mean, by the time all's said and done, there'll be seven-month production. So, I mean, uh, that gives me hope, the mm-hmm. fact that they're not rushing through anything, like they're taking their time, mm-hmm. getting the story right. So we'll see where they go with that. But I think the bigger news coming out is that apparently one of the film crew has let it leak that in the costume shop on the Justice League set, he has seen molds featuring a Green Lantern symbol, which that excites me to the core because it tells me that Green Lantern is going to be in the movie. We have confirmation he's in the Justice League. It's just a matter of how big he's going to be. So the Lantern fan, I mean, was going crazy with that news. Uh, definitely interested to see if we're actually going to get some set photos, maybe something like that along those lines. Uh, but now just moving into our review segment, we do want to just talk about the biggest DC movie that's come out in the past couple months, and that is Suicide Squad. We've both seen it. I loved it. You had mixed feelings about I had it. mixed feelings. I feel like that there's... It's a great step in the right direction for DC after Batman vs. Superman. That's Obviously, correct. there's some flaws, but that can be said with any superhero movie. What I think this does, though, is it brought a sense of depth and yeah. emotion to characters that I didn't care about. I feel like that there's some standout performances. Yeah. There's some people we're excited to see more of. There's some people we could do without... I mean, obviously, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn yeah. steals the show. We don't even need to go into that one. She's already been confirmed for her solo yeah. movie in 2019, so we know that's going to go great. Amanda Waller. Yeah, that DC was... has a better villain in her than they've done in any Marvel movie. Yeah, that was like her. It, it, the, just the whole fact of, of the characters they nailed. Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. Was, and she was the one I was skeptical about. It was like just right on. That Like if you haven't seen the movie, spoilers. There's a scene. Mild spoilers ahead. Yeah. Mild, mild spoilers. Uh, one, if you haven't seen it in the last three weeks, shame on you. Two... <laughs> There's a point in time where she just literally kills, kills the people that were she was working with. I let an audible gasp out. And it was like she's like like, you're just like it's like boom, boom, and then like took badass to a new level. Took yeah, and you have uh, Joel Kinnaman's Rick Flag, and was really good. Was really good, but and Will Smith's Deadshot, who were like just jaw drop, just cold blood. They were like. He's like, Will Smith's like, you're gangster. <laughs> but, I mean, so Viola Davis obviously still showed Diablo. I think Jay Hernandez yeah, Jay was Hernandez amazing as him. I didn't know Diablo could turn into that type of thing. I, I was just, I, I enjoyed his character the most out of everything. I think that was one of the more, stand, like, outside of what I knew Harley Quinn and Viola Davis and Deadshot were going to do, I thought he was one of the... It was kind of a Hulk vibe from the Avengers to me, like a guy that was afraid of his power and didn't really want to use it, but then in the well, end just came in and, like, saved the day. I mean, I don't know, because there's that moment where they were where the reason why he got recruited was, you know, he when he got arrested out, he turned himself in the pyrokinetic the, homeboy. Yeah, the pyrokinetic homeboy. He, he turned himself in. He's in prison. You know, he's he's trying to stay calm. He's trying to be peaceful. And then he has that. There's a prison fight, and he burns everybody up. And it's like, you know, he's got this badass look. And then they get him. You know, he's in Bell Reeve, and now he's calm again. You're like, what? And I, I just don't know if he's afraid of his power or he's thinking about his family. I, I never, I enjoyed the character. I just didn't 
get. Well, I hope that they do more with him, especially if they do a Suicide Squad sequel. I mean, I subscribe to the movie rule that if you don't see a body, no one's truly dead. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see where they go with that. The movie, I feel like it had great moments. Uh, Jared Leto's Joker, I really liked. I thought he brought a very psychopathic vibe to it yeah. that I hadn't seen. He had the deadest eyes I have ever... Like, his eyes sold that performance for me. Yeah. There's, just mo- There's a scene where he's in the club with Common, and he's just looking off to the side at Harley Quinn while Common's talking to him, and just the dead eyes that he has there. I'm like, that is just the Joker. The, uh, it's sad to see how much of it got cut. Apparently, he shot enough footage for an entire Joker movie, but I'm ex- it was just enough to make me want to really see him in a Batman yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean, the thing I also want to point out about this movie, the things I liked... I love the performances. I love the cameos. I thought the cameos were The really, Flash one was awesome. The Flash one, I really enjoyed. Which made me like the suit, because yeah. it was actually getting to see it in motion. You got to see it, and it was like, it was that, it was like, oh. I was like, yeah, it's like the red. And you see, like, when they catch, when they catch Captain Boomerang, it's like, it's like, it's the red streak. <laughs> Which, that was great. And you're looking at he that. He doesn't have his name yet. And Batman was in this movie far more than what I thought he was going to be. And for useful purposes. Which yeah, I like it, was, it. it was. I like even Amanda Waller's little, now, like, oh, no, I just gave a tip to the right guy in Gotham who knew it. And even in the mid credit mm-hmm. scene, like, the fact that she knows he's Batman, stop working nights, just like it's the like, little things like that. Yeah were great to me. Obviously, the mid-credit scene sets up how he recruits some of the Justice League. Yeah. So I like the fact that they're actually getting into the mid-credit scenes. Now, that was yeah. DC's first one. So I can definitely get behind that. But for what this movie was, which is supposed to be a bit of a course correction from Man of Steel, we got a lot more humor. We got yeah. some great action scenes. We got yeah. some great emotion from the characters. And there was no real, like, Martha moment, if you want to call it that, in the movie. I feel like that it had an yeah. overall resolution. Granted, Enchantress and Incubus are not the best villains in the world, but neither is Loki, neither is half the stuff that Marvel has pumped out. They got the job done for what yeah, it was. It's, it's most of the time it's the performance that sells it. So um, the problem for me with this movie, and I'm just going to get right into it, was the way that it was cut. I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, there's characters that were useless. There's characters yeah, that weren't explained. Katana and Boomerang, I feel like, were completely were useless. Useless characters. Uh, Slipknot was a useless character. He was just the token guy to kill. Yeah, which it, I it was like, and I get that you could have done it with somebody else. Right. I mean, like that seems like a waste of an actor in Adam Beach who's only going to be in there like five minutes and then die. Um, the Harley origin stuff was nice. Yeah, I think they spent a lot of time on Deadshot and Harley because those are your two main actors. I enjoyed that. Um, really loved the Harley buildup because they basically show something I've always thought about when they're comics. She's crazier than Joker. Because Joker doesn't keep a lot of people around in his life, but she's a main constant. And so the fact that matters she's able to survive, even a psychopath, shows you how really nuts she is. And it was, it was great to see, like, the team-up moments that they had in this and that. But, I mean, I saw a lot of Avengers parallels with Diablo and the Hulk. And I compared Deadshot to Iron Man, where Captain America says to Iron Man and the Avengers, like, you're not the guy to lay down on the grenade and let someone step over you. And then Deadshot has that Rick Flagg system. You're the guy that's just going to cut and run. And then he has that moment where he's up on the cop card and just the wrist gun is just blasting people yeah. away. So, really great. I mean, I, I think it's a step in the right direction. It's one of those things that we'll see cut scenes on the Blu-ray and things like that. Obviously, it could have been cut a little bit better, but I think the reshoots definitely injected a lot more humor into the movie. Movie, which I love very very close to being rated R I think you were like one pussy or one I, I one more like Harley Quinn insulting people and then just the sheer violence like this was a the, violent the sheer, movie the, the sheer violence in the film I mean like I it should have been an arm I think it would have been much more interesting if it were if it was rated R Jared Leto could have just chewed should, the scenery yeah, like so just, I mean it, it had its flaws but I give it overall I say it's a 7 out of 10 
I think it's a step in the right direction for DC. I think it leads me to care a little bit more about some of these characters and how yeah. they got there. Well, the bad guys at least. And it sets the stage for just I mean, if they could do that well team building with Suicide Squad, it gives me a lot of hope for Justice League. Yeah. I, I mean, my hope is with every movie, they DC gets better or Warner Brothers gets better in creating, um, getting us involved in this universe. I will say this. Whoever cuts the trailers... Let that guy cut the movie. <laughs> I totally agree with that. <laughs> Let that guy cut the movie because when I saw the Justice League trailer and the Wonder Woman trailer and the original Suicide Squad trailer and the BVS trailer, that got me interested in the films. Let that guy. Just makes me it. hate Rotten Tomatoes for tanking these movies because it really does affect box office when people see those stupid ratings. And as a critic, like it really makes me angry that something so stupid can affect a movie in such a big way. But nobody wants to talk about the fact that this movie is killing it at the box office. Yeah. It is leaps and bounds ahead of Guardians of the Galaxy, which is what everybody wanted to compare it to. And it's still holding strong. They, everyone wants to say, oh, it has a big second weekend drop-off. But that's like that with any comic book movie. movie. Everybody that's dying to see that movie gets out there the first weekend. Yeah. And then it's word of mouth the following week. Yeah. So that, you can't even... Don't buy the hype in this and that, but it just it blows my mind that somehow mysteriously both Suicide Squad and Batman have exactly twenty seven percent critic ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, yet have fan ratings well over seventy. So it just well, I mean, like a critic is one thing, fans. Yeah, but another. to be the exact same low ridiculous amount. I mean, we all, it's known that Marvel pays for good reviews, especially with Rotten Tomatoes critics, which I don't think should be allowed, especially with the way that the, these mm. Rotten Tomatoes just become way more powerful than it should be in the world of like determining what people see. Mm. So I mean, I can't stand for that. But needless to say, Suicide Squad's a great movie. Get out there, check it out. It's the last big blockbuster of the summer, so definitely check that one out if you haven't seen it already. Um, Oh, one more thing. Did you see the Star Wars Rogue One trailer? Yes, and I got to tell you, that trailer might have actually changed my mind about wanting to see that movie because it was one that I wasn't really caring about at all. Mm -hmm. I don't really like prequels. I don't like prologues. And the only reason I really like Star Wars is for the Jedi. Mm -hmm. So this movie, like the scene of her taking a bazooka to the Adat. And then just the ad just like not moving. Just like little things like that seemed really cool. It seems like there's an Asian guy in there that knows about the force and stuff like that. Well, yeah, it's uh, Donnie Yen, who's a uh, Hong Kong action star, is actually from Boston. Um, spent a lot of time in Boston originally. Uh, he was he's in it. Um, uh, an actor whose name I can't pronounce. Uh, it looks really, really good. And, and then the Vader scene at the end was just yeah, like bone yeah. showing. And, I, and it really, the plot really has me interested, and I'm hoping it doesn't disappoint me. But at the same time, mm, I just want to, I want to get, I want December to show up so that we can see what's going on. I totally agree with that, and I'm assuming that we'll get an episode eight trailer with that movie as well. It would make too much sense not. To. Yeah, no, I'm expecting that too. So definitely check that out. Uh, just in quick news, uh, some loads of new Autobot and Decepticon designs from Transformers 5 have been put out. L really looking to see what they're going to do with that movie, especially with the, the rumors that Unicron will be appearing. So definitely interested in that one. And then just wrapping things up uh, with this week's What to Watch segment, and that is the new, if you want to call it that, I should say the English version of One Punch Man. Uh, is a great anime show about a superhero named Saitama that literally can defeat anybody with one punch. Uh from what I've seen in the show, it doesn't really have any, like, Superman-like origin or anything like that. It's just a dude that somehow got to be insanely powerful. But it's very sarcastic. He's literally only a superhero for fun. He's tired of the fact that he can't beat anybody. Like, he can't get into a fight with anybody that lasts longer than one punch. And it just wears him down. But it's just a, it's a great comical show on a superhero take. It's something I hadn't really seen before, and I'm a huge fan of it. I know that you have watched the subbed version. I've watched the subversion version on Hulu, which was... It, it, it's no different. It's just a really great series. 
Um, probably one of the best things to invigorate anime recently. Yeah, this one's it's not been a it's been a long time since I've cared about anything anime related, and like I am hooked on this show every Sunday night. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's get this show on the yeah. air. So if you're not watching One Punch Man, you need to check that show out ASAP. It's on Hulu, it's on YouTube, and it airs Sunday nights at ten on Toonami on Cartoon Network. So definitely check that one out. Um, just wrapping things up here. Is there anything else you wanted to add in? Uh, no, we talked about. Uh, we hit all the Marvel stuff. Any movies that you're looking forward to? I'm looking forward to War Dogs this week with Jonah Hill and Miles Teller. And the, the reviews of that have looked really good. It's based on a true story, and I'll watch Jonah Hill in anything. Yeah. Uh, and then Kubo and the Two Strings, which is yeah. uh, Leica's 10th anniversary movie. But I love Claymation, and this is the first movie to blend Claymation with CGI. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, something you're interested in. Uh, if you guys heard... Injustice dropped two more characters in Harley Quinn and Deadshot. Deadshot. So it's it almost looks like scenes out of the movie. So enjoy that. Absolutely. And then just quickly wanted to touch on uh, the Michael Turner variants, which have been pumped out. For those of you who don't know, Michael Turner, amazing comic book artist, died in 2008. But recently a bunch of his sketchbooks have been found, uh, specifically DC characters. And this guy's been like Tupac lately. He's just pumping out albums left and right. But uh, just tons of Michael Turner variants have been hitting the market. And I've never seen anything like that with an artist being passed away so long and suddenly having new work. I actually had to question whether or not it was a new Michael Turner because I'd seen some of the stuff in my pull mm. list. But uh, definitely check out some of his work if you're a Michael Turner fan. His Civil War stuff back in 07 was amazing. But he's got a great new uh, Joker variant out for the, the Harley Quinn Rebirth. And then Rebirth is killing it for DC. They took a 71% market share in July. All their titles are up. So definitely keep reading DC's Rebirth. Uh, but I think that is going to wrap things up for this week's episode. Uh, we'll be back next week, as usual, with Anthony, our third host. So definitely be sure to check out all our great new shows on the Nerd Herder Network. And for this week's episode of Get Your Geek On, I'm Charles Kiewatz. I'm Robert Dokes. And we will see you at the movies. Yep. Have a good week, guys. Get your freak on. Get your freak on.